know what happened in those nine seconds? It seems like an eternity when you're preaching and you're waiting for those nine seconds to go by, but you know what happened in those nine seconds? A baby was born. Every nine seconds in the United States, a new baby is born. Every nine seconds, a new mother and father get to hold this little bundle of joy, a bundle of joy that they cherish, they love, that's precious to them. It is a complete miracle and gift from God. Even in the time I've been speaking, it's plausible that another three, four babies have been born. Every year, if you do the math, that's three and a half million babies in the United States. Three and a half million babies that are loved and cherished and special and seen as gifts to their parents that are miracles from God. But unless that baby, unless that baby is your own or someone who is close to you, all of those five or those five or six babies that have been born in this time are just five or six in three and a half million that are born every year. We could each legitimately ask every nine seconds, what child is this? Another nine seconds ellipses, what child is this? Another nine seconds ticks off the clock, what child is this? At the risk of stating the obvious, tonight is, tonight is Christmas Eve. There are people here who come from all different walks of life. People who are here who are at varying walks of, of um, at varying stages in their walk of faith with God. People who have worshipped with HLC since its, inception, since its inception. People who, maybe tonight is your first time worshipping with us. But tonight is one of those unique nights where we get to put all of those differences aside. Tonight is one of those nights where we are united by one thing. We all came here together tonight to, to celebrate the fact that 2,000 years ago, there was a child who was born in Bethlehem. Whether you realize it or not, you're all here to ask and to receive an answer to the question, what child is this? And the best part is, when you ask that question, uh, you, actually, you actually get an answer, right? You don't have to search long and hard and labor studying through text to find an answer. God actually, he provides an answer for you. That this child born in Bethlehem is not just one out of three and a half million that are born every nine seconds throughout a year. That while this child is loved and is cherished and is precious to his parents, he's more than that. He's incredibly special. The thing is, though, the way that Luke frames his Christmas narrative in Luke chapter 2, it makes it seem as though this child born in Bethlehem is anything but special and wouldn't really amount to anything special, right? But this child, he's born to parents who are kind of unimportant. He kind of just seems like he's one of those babies that are born every nine seconds that the, talk, that the clock ticks. And another nine seconds would go by and another set of parents would have a baby and another nine seconds and another baby in the world would just continue to move on and barely even notice that a baby was born in this, in this small corner of Judea. In fact, the, the way that Luke starts his, his Christmas narrative isn't by talking about this child at all, is it? He starts by calling our attention to power, by calling our attention to the guy who's in charge. In those days, the man in charge who wielded absolute power was a man by the name of Caesar Augustus, ruling in Rome. And he used that power to issue a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. I mean, this is absolute power. 
with the stroke of a pen, this man was able to decree that I want all of these people that I'm ruling over, I want all of them counted to find out just how important of a man I am. I want to find out how much money is owed to me. I want to find out how large of an army I could raise if, if Rome goes to war. This is pure, unadulterated wealth and power and glory on display. And Mary and Joseph and that unborn baby were three among thousands who had to bend their knee to this power and to go to their hometown to register. So Joseph, he takes Mary and this unborn baby from Nazareth to Judea to Bethlehem because Joseph belonged to the house and line of David. And the one he brought with him, Mary, she was with child. But they weren't yet married. They were what I guess you could call today a, a broken home. What child is this? At this point in Luke's narrative, it seems as though this child is just one out of However many were born that year. He's really powerless compared to the most powerful man that Luke mentions in the beginning of this gospel. He's just another number on a census. What child is this? After five days and about 90 miles of travel, Mary and Joseph complete their journey to, to Bethlehem. And while they're there, the time comes for the baby to be born. And Mary gives birth to her firstborn son. She places, she wraps this son in and cloths and places him in a manger because there was no feeding trough for them in the end. The question I've been asking you over and over, what child is this? It's kind of a difficult one to answer, isn't it? What child is this that he's wrapped in strips of linen and not even a blanket? What child is this that his parents can't find a room in, a, in an inn in Joseph's own ancestral hometown? What child is this that he's born to parents who are powerless? What child is this that he's laid in a feeding trough, probably made of stone, filled with hay, caked with the leftover animal feed, damp and cold? What child is this? Well, at this point in Luke's Christmas narrative, he seems just like another child born every nine seconds, unimportant. Powerless? What child is this? If you were to hear a story like that today, the, the news headline would read, uh, would read something like this. A baby born in a barn to a broken home. There's a good chance when you read that headline, you'd pity that child. You'd feel sad for that child. You wouldn't expect this child to amount to, to anything else than a sad headline. And and really, that's all that child is to you. It's a sad headline, and it's one that's so easily forgotten as you, as you flip to the next news story on your news feed or, or as you distract yourself with the busyness of holiday preparations and, and life and work and family. Sadly, though, isn't it sometimes how we tend to treat this baby born in Bethlehem? It's this headline that's read every year on Christmas Eve, but soon forgotten as we prepare and busy ourselves and distract ourselves with holiday preparations and work and life. Right? How easy is it for us, even on this most holy of nights, for our minds to just drift? As we sing the words, joy has dawned upon the world, does your mind wander to maybe the gifts you'll open tonight? As you heard that beautiful prophecy from Isaiah, to us a son is born, to us a child is given, 
Does your mind drift to the peaceful sleep that's waiting for you in your cozy bed when you get home? And you're contemplating the question, what child is this, and, and trying to come up with an answer. Did you think about how you're going to spend Christmas Day with your family? Reality, though, is that the worse than distracted heart and mind tonight is, is this. Is that when asked the question, what child is this? When asked that question, worse than anything else is if you give an answer that acts as if you have only the first seven verses of Luke's Christmas narrative. To think of this baby born in Bethlehem to Mary and Joseph as just that. It's just a baby. One of a multitude born that, that year at the turn of from B.C. to A.D. Now, I know you know how, the, how Luke completes his Christmas narrative, right? You know what's coming. You know that there's going to be an angel and shepherds and the glory of the Lord and an angelic chorus and an announcement of peace and, and Mary treasuring up all these things and pondering them in her heart and, and shepherds returning and glorifying and praising God. You know exactly who this child is. You know exactly what this child is meant to do. And yet you look at the broken and fractured state of our world. A broken and fractured state that's all caused by sin. Sin that, that this baby born in Bethlehem is meant to deal with, but it doesn't seem like anything in the world ever turns or ever changes. And, and so you think this baby born in Bethlehem is powerless. I look at the fractured state of my own heart. The choices I make, the guilt and the shame that I carried through the door this evening, and I, I know Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he's supposed to give me relief from this, but gosh, there are a lot of days where I don't have any peace. Maybe that baby's just a baby after all. I know that baby born to Mary and Joseph in the squalor of Bethlehem, laid in a feeding trough, is supposed to be important. I know he's supposed to captivate me. I know I am to be excited, not just on Christmas Eve, but all my days to worship him, and yet so many things distract me. So many things buy for my attention, and they get it. So many more things excite me than a baby born in filth to a broken home. A child, a child is this. It's pertinent for you and I in considering that question and trying to find an answer, I think, to to ask another question in that same vein. What child am I? In the grand narrative of, of the world, it wasn't all that long ago when, when nine seconds ticked off the clock and, and you were born, right? You were born in a hospital that housed millions of dollars worth of medical equipment. That at the flip of a switch, the minute that a nurse or a doctor sensed trouble, that equipment would be turned on and it could save your life. Your mother was surrounded by trained professionals whose job it is to ensure not only the safety of your mother, but your safety and to care for you in the first minutes of your life. In this hospital, you were wrapped in a warm blanket, a hat placed on your head. You were laid in a bassinet, put soundly to sleep. Relatively speaking, you and I were born in complete opulence, in luxury and extravagance, right? Especially compared to the way that that Jesus was born? When you compare the way that Jesus came into the world and you and I came into the world, that, that is worlds apart. And when you apply an answer to the question, what child is this, to, 
to ourselves and to the Christ child, that answer couldn't be further apart either. What child are you, a child born in luxury and opulence with such fanfare and extravagance? What child am I? Every nine seconds. Every nine seconds a child is born. But do you know what else happens every nine seconds? What happened during these nine seconds? Someone dies. In the course of nine seconds, nine seconds ticks off the clock, someone is born and someone dies. And the person who was born and the person who dies has a lot more in common than you might think. Because every person that is born, every nine seconds that the clock ticks off is born spiritually dead. They're born sinners. During that nine seconds, a child was born lost in sin. During that nine seconds, a child was born an enemy to God. During that nine seconds, a child was born deserving of hell because of their natural spiritual state. During that nine seconds, a child was born in desperate need of a savior. Look, that's not just the story of of those children born during those five nine-second intervals. That's our story, too. It's the story of every child that has ever been born since Adam and Eve gave up the image of God in in pursuit of their sinful flesh. It's been the story ever since the fall into sin because flesh gives birth to flesh, right? Sinful parents give birth to sinful parents, and you can be born in all of the opulence and luxury you want. You can be born surrounded by all of the medical equipment and trained professionals that you want, but none of that changes none of that changes this truth. That you and I and, and every sinner is born needing a savior. Since the fall into sin, the clock has continually ticked and billions upon billions of sinners have been born. But in the course of history, one child was born that wasn't. What child is this? Well, Luke gives us the answer in the rest of his Christmas narrative. God, he he sends an angel to sinners in need of a savior, to these shepherds who are living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. This angel of God, one of God's chief angels, he shows up and the glory of the Lord shows around these shepherds. And what happens? Shepherds are terrified. They're absolutely fearful, and yet this angel, he assuages that fear. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. He is Christ the Lord. And on the heels of that angelic announcement, the Judean night sky was filled with a chorus of God's angels. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That night, That angel, that chorus of angels, delivered news, delivered an answer to that question, what child is this? News and an answer that quite literally not only changed the world, but fundamentally altered your eternity. That night, the angel proclaimed to each and every one of you, to us, a son is born. To us, a child is given. It's Christ the Lord. That angelic chorus. It proclaimed to every sinner that has ever been born that there is actual peace that exists. 
real, true, and lasting peace that our hearts are always in pursuit of. That night, that angel proclaimed to anyone, to everyone who has ever experienced brokenness, to everyone who has ever been crushed by the weight and shame of their sins, to every person who has ever been weighed down by the cares and concerns of this world, for every person, for every person who has ever feared what comes next, that angel proclaimed, there's good news, great joy for all people. For you. Tonight I want you to hear that, that proclamation and promise again with a renewed sense of joy. And I pray that God plants that proclamation deep in your hearts tonight. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This angelic proclamation is what replaces all of the gloom and shame that I have over my sin. It replaces it with joy because that baby born in Bethlehem was the baby destined to be my Savior, the one to win for me such a wealth of forgiveness, to win such a wealth of forgiveness for you, that all of your sins are forgotten. They no longer exist in God's eyes. They're removed as far as the east is from the west. What child is this that could do such a thing? He's your Savior. This angelic proclamation is, is what removes all of my apprehension and replaces it with confidence. Because I know that that baby born in Bethlehem is the great light that has shown to every sinner who has ever been born in the darkness of sin. He is the wonder of a counselor. He is mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is your Prince of Peace. I have all of the confidence knowing knowing that this baby, this Savior, he came into the world knowing exactly what it was going to cost him. That he was going to have to exchange the squalor of a stable for the destitute nature of Golgotha. That he was going to have to exchange the, the peace of the manger for the horror of the cross. That he was going to have to exchange your or his perfect life for your death. He knew exactly what it was going to cost him, and yet, Yet he came anyway. He came because he wanted to. He came because he wanted, wanted all of you. He came because he loved you. He came because long ago God promised to manifest his love in flesh and blood in a Savior who would be the atoning sacrifice for your sins, who would be the one to make you perfectly at one with your God. What child is this that can do such a thing? He's your long-promised Christ. This angelic proclamation is what replaces all of my fear with assurance. Because I understand and you understand that that baby born in Bethlehem is not some unimportant, powerless person born to normal people. I mean, though he is born to normal people. No, this baby born in Bethlehem is the very embodiment of God, true God in the flesh, the God who not only has all of the power to defeat sin and death and your hell, but they actually came to do it. He actually came to take those things on for you because he loved you and cherished you and cared for you and you were special to him. But he didn't do it with fanfare and, and opulence and extravagance. He did it in the form of a lowly servant. He did it in the form of a baby born in Bethlehem. And this baby would grow up to wield his power, not to decree a census over the entire Roman world, but rather to take on the enemies of God and his people and to come out on the other side wearing the victor's crown 
And now this baby born in Bethlehem resides in heaven, wielding all of that power on your behalf, ruling over all things to ensure, to assure you that eternal life is yours. Period. What child is this that can do such a thing? He's your Lord. You know, those shepherds, those ones who heard the angelic proclamation, eventually they make their way to Bethlehem, don't they? And they find everything just as the angel had promised. They find Mary and Joseph. They find the baby wrapped in claws and, and laid in a manger. Boy, did those angels, I mean, did those shepherds have a lot happen to them in a very short period of time, relatively speaking, right? An angel showing up. Angelic announcement, the glory of the Lord, seeing and hearing an angelic chorus, coming and finding everything just as they had promised. And after all of that, you know what those shepherds did? They did what you and I are going to do in a very short period of time. They went home. But on their way home, they praised and they glorified God for everything they had seen and heard. They praised and they glorified God because they received an answer to that question that we have been contemplating all night long. What child is this? Tonight, as you return home, do so like the shepherds. Glorify and praise God because you've received that same answer. What child is this? Is Christ the Lord. And he's the Savior of that baby. He's the savior of that baby. He's the savior of that baby. He's your savior too. Amen.